All right, so we're going to be in Psalm chapter 27 this morning. Psalm 27. <clears throat> Up until today, I was actually going to be in James chapter 1. So hold your place in Psalm 27. I'm going to read a, a verse in James. Um, I feel like the Lord maybe had different plans, so that's all right. <clears throat> So I'm going to read a few verses here in James, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to read our main text in Psalm 27, and we'll go from there. So uh, James chapter 1 says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be per uh, perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So that's really where I wanted to um, preach this morning. And as I was studying through this passage, um, looking at verse 2, as my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, um, that word fall there has the idea of, well, at a, at a very base reading, you read that and it almost makes it sound like um, from time to time you might fall into uh, temptations or something like that. Like, uh, oh man, I succumbed and I did something wrong. Maybe that kind of sense. Um, but really it's talking about trials that come in life. Um, that word fall there kind of has the connotation of um, when you're surrounded with those trials. So really, um, life's going to have you in situations where you're just surrounded by trials. God's just really working you. you. You know, something's going on in your life where you're just encompassed about. Um, and the Bible's talking about having joy in the midst of things like that. <clears throat> now, trials, right? God's never thrown curveballs at you. He doesn't ever want to make you stumble or anything like that. But he does allow things to happen in your life for your, your growth. So we were going to talk about that, but there were some aspects, too, to the chapter I wasn't quite ready for yet. So um, I wanted to take that idea and reference it back to a psalm that I'm more familiar with. So Psalm 27, let's go ahead and read um, some verses here, um, and then I'll make the connection to James, and we'll, we'll get going. <clears throat> so Psalm 27 says this. It says, Psalm of David, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face will I seek. My face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not 
over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I just pray that you be with um, Pastor and uh, Brother Tim, Brother Josh, and others who are going to be down there, going down there already um, for the continue class. Just be with that. Be with the rest of the Sunday school hour, Father, and the services to come. We just pray that you would be honored, glorified, lifted up this morning. That's our desire. So thank you for this time that we have. We love you. May I see things all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right. We're talking a little bit about a little bit about confidence this morning. I think Pastor Chad was said so we're dealing with doubt. So in the Sunday school hour, we're talking a little bit about confidence this morning. And I want you to think with me um, about your own personal life and where or how you feel most uh, confident. Um, I don't know if many of you could tell um, this morning, but my daughter Grayland does not feel very confident um, being in front of people. <laughs> that is not her forte um, whatsoever. Um, she does not like it. She doesn't want to be the center of attention ever. Um, but she's willing, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but that's not. She does not feel confident there. She feels confident at home. She feels confident with her friends. Um, she feels confident when she knows exactly what's going on. Um, she wants to be two steps ahead so she can look at all of the possibilities of embarrassment or whatever that might be there, any issues that could arise, and she wants to know: Am I going to do this or not? Is it, is it comfortable? That's that's her, right? Um, most people would say maybe their own home. You feel confident, right? If we're talking security, you know, we used to have a couple dogs, we had a security system, that kind of stuff. Um, but there's inevitably going to be things in life that stress you out a little bit, right? Maybe cause some stress, um, some trials and things like that that you go through. Um, and there in the book of James, it was talking about um, how we can have joy in the midst of those things. But I don't think any of us ever sign up for, you know, a free trial of stress and anguish, right? None of us ever want that, right? But those things do, they do happen. <clears throat> so a psalm like this here in Psalm 27 um, is kind of funny because it kind of talks about hiding in those moments of, uh, of distress. Um, anyone ever feel like that? When things get really tight, you're like, man, if I could just hide somewhere and just everything just go away, <laughs> that would be great. Um, doesn't work that way, right? Um, but it's a natural feeling to have that. So this psalm talks about a time of distress. It talks about times when um, we're cornered, and it seems like the enemy's on every side. And this was true, actually, in the life of David. So look here in verse 1 and 2. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now it's interesting, that word afraid in verse, uh, at the end of verse 1 there, sorry, we just read just verse 1, um, that is the idea of being shaken up, right? Being shaken. Um, if you've ever seen videos, or maybe some of you have experienced earthquakes, um, is that a thing in Nebraska? Do they have earthquakes? Is it yes, no, kind of? I mean, I, I was in Oklahoma for a little while, which is, we're getting close, right? Um, and there were some minor ones there, but I don't know, you know, but uh, needless to say, um, I don't think people prefer earthquakes. <laughs> people don't prefer, prefer to be in a place that's shaking, right? I mean, you, you prefer what? Sturdy ground. Um, that's just natural. That's just natural. We don't, we don't enjoy times like that, right? Um, but again, there's going to be times in life where it seems like things are shaken up a little bit. And that verse here, when it says, the Lord's the strength of my life, by whom, of whom shall I be afraid? It's almost like he's saying, um, of whom shall I be shaken up? What force is there in my life that could come against me that would cause me to shake or tremble or have a hard time? Um, but we do have hard times, right? We all feel shaken up from time to time. So the idea here that he's giving is if God is my strength, right? If God is, is my rock, then who, who should be able to shake him? Um, and really the answer is nobody shakes God, right? Nobody 
catches God by surprise. He's never afraid. He's never shaking. He's sturdy, right? He's our solid rock. So when the Bible says, of whom shall I be afraid? He's saying, what really could cause me to shake given who God is in my life? And when you think about that, it begs this kind of question. If there were an earthquake and we placed God in the center of that and called God this rock um, and things are shaking all around us, I think all of us would want to get on top of that rock, right? I mean, if you saw everything shaking everywhere and there's this one big sturdy rock that wasn't moving an inch, I can guarantee you everybody would be running to that thing, right? There might be that random teenager that thinks he's cool that's like, oh, I'm not coming, you know, whatever. But, you know, we're heading to that rock. We want to be safe. We want to be secure. We don't want things to shake up in our life. And that is what God is. So then it kind of begs this question, too. If we are shaken in our life, or we have things that are really just causing us some distress, maybe you're not on the rock then. You know, if we are totally, uh, if our relationship with God is where it needs to be, and we're trusting in him, really, of whom shall we be afraid? Whom shall uh, we fear? Who can really shake us if we're on that rock? And, and that's the idea, is there, there should not be anything that should do that. Verse 2 says, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, it says they stumbled and fell, which is also true because they don't stand upon the truth of God, right? Those who do not believe in what we believe in that would cause trials in our life, that would make things hard, um, they, don't, they don't trust in God. They don't stand upon the rock. They're going to go through a lot of really hard times, but guess what? They don't have a Heavenly Father with them. So sure, we don't have to fear what they can do to us, but a part of us should have some compassion on them because we do stand on the rock and we do stand in truth and we know what that is, um, and they're going to stumble and fall. So as much as sometimes we might like to say something like, oh man, I'm so glad that I know that I stand on the rock of God and these people that are against me that are trying to bash my faith and stuff like that. Yes, it's true. We stand on the rock, but we want them to be up there with us. You know, We don't want to enjoy the fact that they're out there stumbling um, and, and that they don't have anything solid to stand on. We want them to be, to be with us. It says, when the wicked, even my enemies, my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this um, will I be confident. How can, how can David claim confidence though an host should encamp against him? Multitudes of people can surround him. It says, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, he says, in this will I be confident. Confidence in the midst of of so many people of, of pressures, and these aren't like, you know, people that knock on your door and bother you. I mean, when you're when you're surrounded by people who want to take your life, right, for following after God, or or more, more modern day people that just want to oppose your Christian faith, right? Maybe maybe we could think of someone um, this morning, a family member, um, or someone that you've been working with at work, uh, that you know, man, if, if if I do something wrong, I'm gonna hear it. They're gonna they're gonna come against me, like you know, they're just gonna be right on that, and um, and it's and it's tough. Now just imagine that, right? Just tenfold, twentyfold, just surrounded by that that kind of attitude, that kind of spirit, right? Um, there's places you could go. So me being from Oregon, there's places I could go up in uh, Portland where if I said praise Jesus for His, you know, blood that cleanses all sin, um, you know, I'd be surrounded by a bunch of people that didn't agree with that. <laughs> you know, uh, mainly a lot of the protests and the craziness that you know that happens up there. I could go up there and say that, and quickly I would find what it feels like to be in the midst of people that don't agree with me. And it's not a good feeling. It's, it's very uncomfortable. But how could you feel confident in that? It almost seems like it's not real. Do you really feel like you could feel confident in the midst of that kind of um, opposition or going through something like that? Well, David says that he would be confident in this. 
And it's, it's very interesting as you look at that. Verse 4 kind of seems a little different. So I'm going to read through verse 1 through 3 again. And then as we get to verse 4, you'll see that it kind of shifts gears a little bit. Listen to this in verse 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? Right? Talking about fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Now we're talking about being afraid. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came up to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Right? We're talking about opposition and pursuit. Um, Though an host should encamp against me, uh, my heart shall not fear. There's that word fear again. Though war should rise against me. Um, in this will I be confident, right? So you just hear David kind of setting the stage for this really awful situation, right? He's <laughs> just saying all of this stuff could be happening in my life and it could get worse and worse and worse and all these things. And then verse 4 kind of just shines out as it says here, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. So verse 4 there kind of shines out, right? It's a little bit different. We're not talking about fear anymore. We're not in this terrible situation. Now David switches gears a little bit and he says, in this thing will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, right? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord for forever. To behold, right, his beauty, to inquire in his temple. And it's like he's saying, at this point in my life, it doesn't matter what happens as long as as I'm desiring to be closer to God, I don't have to fear those things. As long as I'm drawing closer to him, ever drawing closer to him, just beholding his beauty, just understanding more and more about him, I don't have to fear those things. So again, that would put David right on that rock. But if we're not desiring what David's desiring, then it's going to be quite the opposite. We will not be able to claim ourselves as on that rock, and life will get hard. And it will, get, it will get tough, and we will have a lot of things that we're going through where we just feel distressed, and we feel shaken up, and we feel scared, and we feel out of control, and all of those things. And it may very well be, I'm like really sure on this, that you're not seeking God the way that you should be seeking God. And it's, it's, a, it's like a pure formula. Okay, I'm not saying life's going to be peachy. I'm just saying when you get to know God more and more, those other things are not so scary anymore because you know who God is. I like to illustrate it this way. Um, <clears throat> this can't be the biblical name for it, <laughs> but I like to call it the my dad can beat up your dad principle. That's why I call this. Um, this is the my dad can beat up your dad principle. Um, and I say that for this reason, because when you're a kid, and this has happened with my dad, which my dad's about five, six. He might be listening to this. I don't know. Five, six, Mexican, you know, they're a little bit shorter. At least my dad is. His brother was like tall. So anyway. Five, six, not very intimidating guy. <laughs> uh, he's really not. But when I'm a kid, you know, as a kid, he's like Superman. Your dad is just everything. And I know that that's not the case because when my kids think that about me, I'm like, oh, I'm sure not. Um, but that's okay, right? Every kid thinks that their dad is just Superman. They're like, oh, man, I'm growing up. So um, I don't know if you've had situations like this before where your kids are, you know, are fighting about whatever. Well, my dad can beat up your dad, right? I never hear that before. And I'm just thinking, oh boy, I, I really hope that <laughs> my kids don't, don't say that to me. You know, I want to see that, that other dad first before you start claiming things like this. My dad could beat up your dad. Well, where's he at? I mean, kinda, you know. uh, but that's a common thing. We've, we've heard that said before. My dad can beat up your dad. And, and well, really, what is that kid saying? He's like, well, what he's saying is, I live with my dad. You know, I live in his house. And every single day, you know, he's the guy that's you know, going to work every day. He's coming back. If we go out, he's the one paying for stuff. He's driving the car. You, know, you see all those kind of things. And 
you know, as a kid, you're just like, wow, dad's just doing all the things. And dad is so great. And dad can just, he can beat anybody in the whole world. And my dad's just the best dad ever. And, and that's just kind of that idea that you get because, you know, if you're living the way you want to be you, as a father, you show that love to your children. You show that to them. You show that kindness. Um, and you also try to show that strength. Are we Superman? No. But we try to, you know, live for God the way we should. But to a child, that influence is huge. And they see that as, as very important. And the reason that my child might think that I'm able to beat up any other dad, <laughs> one, because they're, you know, maybe delirious and don't understand. Uh, but two, really it is, it's because by faith, they choose to like look at me and see the love and the care and all that I do as like just so strong. And they see that and they, they trust that and they take that and they go, oh, he could just take on the world. And in my case, it's not true. In your case, dad, it's not true. In any of our cases, it's not true. But the thing is, in God's case, yeah, it is true because he is the best. So when you come across those times where you might feel surrounded or something like that, you could say something like this. Well, my God, he can take on anything that, you, you know, that comes my way. And that's very true. You can claim that. It's very true. Here's the issue. When you say, I don't feel confident. I don't know if, this, I, don't know if I can do it this time. Oh, man, I don't know. Well, my kids would never say that, or I never said that about my dad. I didn't care who the guy was. My dad was going to beat him because I was there every single day, right next to him, watching him. He was loving me. We had a strong, very strong relationship, and I just knew that he was just everything. Here's the issue. As you grow up, right, and you start to realize, oh, your dad's maybe not Superman the way that you thought. He's an imperfect man. You love him. That's great, all that. Um, when it comes to your relationship with God, if you start to veer off or you're not with him every single day, you don't see him for who he is. You don't have that relationship. You don't see his strength. You're not allowing him to work in your life the way that your mom or dad worked every single day to provide for you and do those things. And you just don't see him as Superman. You don't see him as God and all of his might and all of his glory or as how the psalmist says here. You don't dwell in his house to see his beauty and inquire in his temple and have that relationship with him. And in those times of distress, you're like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can feel this way. Well, what's really the issue here? Is the issue that your God is not big enough? No, he certainly is big enough. The issue is you're not taking the time to desire, like David is desiring here, to dwell in his house every single day and allow him to work in your life and to see that. Because if you could just see him day in and day out and have that relationship with him, then you would know there's not a thing that could come my way that God could not handle. So if you're in here this morning and you're like, man, I'm really dealing with a lot of things, whether it be doubt, depression, whatever, just hard times, issues like that, and you say, man, I'm just really shaken up by this thing, and I just cannot, I just can't seem to find that security like, I, like I'm finding. I'm going to ask you right now, how is your relationship with God? Do you feel like you desire, like David here, to dwell in the house of God, to inquire in his temple, to behold his beauty? Do you feel like you have a strong relationship with God? If you feel like you don't have a strong relationship with God, and you're, and you're feeling like those trials are really, really surrounding you, and you're having a hard time, that might be the answer to what you're looking for today. That might, be, that might be the reason why, is because you're not convinced of the strength and the power of your Heavenly Father that He wants to show you. Never once did I turn my, my son or daughter away, right, and say, oh, I don't want you to, you know, have a relationship with me. I never felt like that towards them. I mean, they can think I'm Superman, but I'm not, right? But I, can, I at least want to be there for them as much as I can. Our God, way more faithful than any of us in here. And he'd never turn any of us away who want to know more about him. And God wants to show himself strong in your life. 
Because like in James, it says, count it all joy when you are surrounded by those diverse temptations, those, those trials that just come on you. God wants you to get to a point where these things are not that big of a deal because you know who he is. You know what that is? When you, when you learn who he is, that means you stop thinking about yourself. You stop trying to fix everything in your own power all the time. Our lives are not meant to be spent figuring things out ourselves. Yeah, sure, we can steward and we can work hard to do our best. That's fine. But God wants you in a place of dependence upon him. Nobody in an earthquake like that ever has the power to snap his fingers and say, I'm just going to stand still. It doesn't work that way. You can say it. You can stand there and scream in the midst of an earthquake all day long and be like, I'm choosing to stand still. It's not going to happen. Sorry. You can, in Oklahoma, right, talk about tornadoes. We've seen some pretty, pretty awesome and terrifying tornadoes, right? You could stand right out there as that thing's coming towards you and say, I'm not going to move a muscle when this tornado comes by, right? You just go for it. I guarantee you I know it's going to happen. <laughs> you're not going to make it. Right, but God, right? He is sturdy. He is able, and He wants to like be that strength for you, and He wants to he wants you to have that opportunity of of standing on Him, of recognizing you can't do it, but He can do it in your life. Verse four is very central because it says, "One thing have I desired that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple." Now, watch this. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. I'm going to read that one more time. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Now that's interesting. Um, that's interesting, that last line there. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me but he shall also set me up upon a rock. Now think back to when you were a kid, or maybe recently. I'm not, you know, dogging on you if you played hide-and-seek recently. That's fine. Uh, but think about the last time you've maybe played, like, hide-and-seek. Um, typically, your best hiding spot is not up on a rock, right? Um, so if we're playing hide-and-seek here, let's just pretend this is the rock. Right? In elevated space, let's just say that. And I was standing right here. This isn't the best hiding spot, right? You don't generally look for, like, the high place that's wide open. You look for like a nook and cranny, somewhere you can fit easy and just kind of hide away there. So I find it interesting when uh, the Bible says that God's going to hide you, but he's also going to set you up upon a rock. Because generally, the idea of up upon a rock is somewhere where everyone can see, right? Our Lord is high and lifted up. We don't, we don't praise our God saying, oh, our God, we praise him. He is in the corner over there, right? We don't say that. He's high and he's lifted up. He's mighty. He's on a, pot, a rock. You can see him. You know, so for God to say that he will hide us, but we will also be on a, upon a rock is seems kind of backwards, <clears throat> but here's, here's the idea, though. You can be um, up upon a rock, visible to your enemies, if I can say it that way, um, because if, <laughs> if your enemies are coming, you're going to try to hide, right? But God says, no, we don't need to hide. We don't need to hide in the midst of our enemies. You can be, like, visible. You could stand upon a rock in a place where all of them could see you, but you could still be hidden in God's protection. You can still be under his wing. Isn't that so cool? Like, you don't have to actually hide when you have confidence in who God is, and you have a strong relationship with him. You don't have to feel vulnerable. You don't have to feel afraid. You can trust that although you're, you're visible, your enemies can come all day long. But if you're standing on that rock, the Bible says that they're going to stumble. The Bible says that those things aren't going to work out for them. The Bible says that as long as you stand on, on, on God, you don't have a reason to be afraid. You don't have a reason to be shaken up. It's like hiding in God does not mean like I'm tucked away and scared. It means like God lets you out in the open, but he's there with you. And like that's your protection, is that you're hidden in God's pavilion, right? You're set upon a rock, but God's there. And if God's there, well, 
you know, like I said, my God can take any situation. It's that same thing. My dad can beat up your dad. My God can, can handle any of these things. <clears throat> Verse 6, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. See, this, is not, this does not make sense. If, if someone was scared and they said, Brother Mike, hide me. I'm scared. I would not say, okay, you're scared here. How about right here? Right in the, right the pulpit. How do you feel then? <laughs> Everyone can see me. That doesn't make any sense. But he says, I, My head shall be lifted up about above mine enemies, round about me. And he says, Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me um, and answer me. This is, it seems so backwards. This is what I love about God, our God, is that he, he takes what we think naturally, our natural inclinations, and always seems to prove them wrong. He confounds us, right? To think that we can go from a place of feeling scared so not only standing on the rock and feeling secure, but feeling like we're in a place where we can actually offer praises to God. Because, and I hate to use my daughter again in illustration, but um, for her to come up here, right, and to be really scared, um, and for, for her to be crying, I would say, it's good for you, right? It's good for you to be up here. Um, we can actually, like, come up, sing praises. Um, God takes us, sets us up. We can sing praises, and it's actually, like, good for us. So if I say, Graylin, come up here and sing, and she's having a hard time, but she's safe and she's secure for us, God says, I will bring you up to the rock, and you're now in a spot where you can actually sing. Seems kind of backwards, right? Like, why would I be in a place where I'm exposed, but then also feel like I could sing? <laughs> and God says, well, because you're safe. You're actually safe in that position. She did not want to come up here. She would much rather be under the chairs, right? Sometimes in the midst of our trials or the things like that, we'd rather be hot, hidden, and tucked away. Dad, help me. I will help you. Get up there and sing. God, help me. I will. But you're right here where you maybe don't feel like you want to be. But God knows better. God knows that that position he's putting you in is not one where you're going to be shaken up, where it's going to be hard. He knows it's the best place for you. Um, he knows that he's putting you in a place where you can actually sing and sing praises unto God, where God's mercy is going to be evident. In verse 8, it says, When thou saidest, Seek my face, my heart um, said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. When thou saidest, Seek my face, my heart said unto thee, Lord, or, sorry, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. It seems like God is, is, is calling to us. I mean, he is. Much like I would always want to have a strong relationship with my kids, God is very much desirous of a strong relationship with you. Um, he doesn't want it to be uh, one that's not vibrant and that is not strong, um, that is not personal um, or intimate. He very much wants to know you um, on a deeper level because he wants you to grow in grace. He wants you to grow with him. He wants you to be able to, to tackle the world, right? Why? Just so you can have a happy, fun-filled life and that things go your way? No, because he wants to use you to bring his presence to other people. And there's people here in Fall City that need you to carry God's presence. But you can't, you can't bring God along with you if you're not living for him. You can't bring God along with you if, if you're not seeking his face the way that you ought to be. God's saying, sure, it might get hard, and you might be out there, and there might be a lot of people around you that don't care for what you're doing, but you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid of that. You can stand on a rock. You can sing praises to God. You can go proclaim God's name. You can do all those things. You don't have to worry one bit because you have a strong relationship with God. And he's going to protect you. And he's going to be there. <clears throat> Seek after God. What does your relationship with him look like right now? 
Look at verse 9. It says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Our God is faithful. He's not angry at the fact that you want to get have a relationship with you. When all else fails, God will be there with you. Verse 11 says, Teach me in thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now all this is great, right? Sounds, sounds good and all, but it's, it's, there's a condition here. We have to believe. We have to seek. We have to desire to dwell. And you say, God, I just don't have that desire like maybe I, I thought I should. Or I don't wake up eager to seek after God. Sometimes I'm just tired after like a long week and I just, man, I just feel, I feel bad about that. And I don't like feeling bad about it all the time. So you know what? Forget it. You can pray for a desire. You can pray when you don't want to. It could be like eating broccoli or, in my case, asparagus. I love broccoli. But whatever it is that you don't like, you know, it's really good. it can be like that. You can wake up and you say, man, I really just don't feel like I want anything to do with God today. And God's not upset at you for that. God just wants you to say, he wants you to be real and open with him. I don't wake up next to my wife and say, man, I just really don't feel like dealing with her today. Right? And if I ever did feel that way, I have. <gasps> Sorry. I have. But you know what I don't do? I don't go. So I'm just not going to deal with it. <laughs> then get up and go my day. You know what I mean? I can say, man, Lord, I'm having a hard time today. I'm just tired and stuff. I'm sorry if I'm grouchy or something like that. What am I doing? I'm communicating with her. I'm, I'm letting her know how I feel. You don't have to wake up every day and feel like, oh, I'm just on fire for God today. You might have more days where you don't feel that way. But God wants you to talk to him about those feelings. You say, God, I just, I'm not feeling it today. But here's the thing. It's not about our feelings. It's about what he's done for us, and it's about we, what we know is right. So we wake up in the morning, we don't feel like it, we say, God, I just don't really feel like it. But if I think about it, you still died on the cross of Calvary for me, you still love me, you still provided me all these blessings that I have in my life, and I really don't feel like it, God, but if you could just help me out today, I'm, I'm going to seek after you, and it's going to be hard. And I'm just reading, and I'm just not getting it, and I'm just, man. But what does God see? Does God see, man, if my son would just get what I'm trying to tell him? No, he didn't say that. He says, look at my son trying to get to know me through the struggle. He really, really wants to make this thing right. And then maybe that next day, you have a great day in your devotions. It's just not about how you feel about serving God. It's just about understanding who he is and just trying to stand on that rock. Trying to get on that rock to where you're secure, where God's going to fight your battles for you, where you can be there with him, having a vibrant relationship, seeking after him. All else are going to fail, but God will be there for you. We have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then verse 14, as we're about to wrap here, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now this is coming from a man who's being hunted <laughs> and many, on many sides. This is coming from a man who's trying to be faithful, who's, who's having a hard time, maybe harder than, than we'd know in our lives to this point yet. But he's telling us, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So what, what do we know about our God today? Well, from this, from this chapter here, we know that nothing can shake him. We know that he loves us. We know that he's going to do what's best for us. He's going to set us up in a spot that maybe doesn't seem the most comfortable or the most doesn't make the most sense. But it doesn't matter because he's there with us. And he wants us to have that, that desire. So if I could just finish reading verse 4 one more time, and we'll wrap it up. The Bible says here, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. If it's not your desire today to get to know your Heavenly Father, just more and more, make that your desire today. I'm not, I'm not saying like manufacture a feeling. I'm not saying, well, I didn't wake up with that feeling today. So I'm saying desire. That means like put some effort forth to go seek it and find it, even when you don't want to. Put forth that effort to get to know your Heavenly Father. And I'm telling you, those trials that come, those hardships, whatever those look like in your life, you're going to be able to stand there and say, my God is bigger. Why? Because I had fainted if I had not believed it. If I had not seen how strong my God is, but I know, I know how strong he is. Unlike you and me, <laughs> our, our kids can say, I know how great my dad is. Well, they're wrong. But for us, Christians, believers, we can brag on our God and know that he's great. But you're only going to know that if you start seeking him. You start letting him work in your life. Um, you start letting him be God in your life. It's going to make a lot of things, uh, a lot of things clearer. And boy, you're going to feel a lot more secure standing on the rock rather than trying to fight all these battles by yourself, trying to figure things out yourself. Um, it's no way to live. I'm telling you, just um, give it over to God um, this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the time. Thank you uh, for just the opportunity to. Um, you know, be here this morning, open your word, and I'm thankful for this psalm. I'm thankful for you leading me to it this morning from from James, God, and just you working in that. And I uh, pray that you'd help this to be a reminder to each of us, God, um, today that we need to seek you um, more in our lives, God. And we need to draw closer to you. We need to have a more vibrant relationship, God. Maybe there's some here that, that do have a, a good relationship with you. That's great, Lord. Right? There's just so much more we can always gain um, from you and your goodness, God. So help us ever to have that desire, Lord. And if we don't feel like we have that desire, God, grant us that desire this day, Father. If we, we still don't feel like we have it, Lord, help us just to know and understand, God, what you've done for us and commit ourselves to seeking you um, in a way, God, that's not feelings-based, um, but is about paying a debt, Lord. <laughs> being slaves to you, really, Lord, just being being committed to you and thankful for what you've done in sending your son to die for us, God. And perhaps there's some here that don't know you as Lord and Savior and um, aren't confident in what's being said this morning. God, I pray that your spirit would do a great work and that you convict um, the hearts and, and help us to know and understand, God, the love that you showed um, in paying a debt that we could not pay, God, granting us access to eternal fellowship with you. Um, amen. Blessings along the way. God, you're too good to us. God, help us to seek after you and be convinced, God, that you are good and that you are, uh, want us to be in a position where we can live our lives giving you glory through the trials and through the ups and the downs, everything. God, help us to, to see your consistency. We love you this morning. We're thankful for the time. We pray for the continued class, Lord, if it's still going on, and um, the service to come. We love you and thank you and ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> So it's 10-12 right now.